Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Christie administration official. You work for Chris Christie. You've been in politics and a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. All right, America, I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here in New York City. And we're talking about what's going down in Georgia. It's the most important Senate election of this year because it's a runoff election to set the stage for who is going to control Congress, specifically the Senate, moving forward. But first, I want to talk about what's happening right here in New York City. And, of course, AOC has been uh, in the news. She's always in the news. She is a uh, darling of the media. And AOC, all out crazy, our favorite congresswoman from the Bronx and Queens, she is. she says she's not playing coy about running against... Congressman, uh, excuse me, Senator Chuck Schumer in a primary. But it seems clear to me that she's definitely testing the waters. And you know what? It may be a good thing. It may be a good thing, maybe a bad thing. I don't know. I mean, I think she's probably more radical than he is, but it'll be good to destroy some of the political power that he's established over the years. And one thing she's good at is destroying things. So we'll see how that plays out. But I was looking at this piece in The Hill, and it says AOC on challenging Schumer, quote, I'm trying to decide the most effective thing I can do to help our Congress. Now, she is faced with the possibility of getting redistricted out of Congress because the uh, exodus from New York, people are fleeing like crazy. Yesterday, I talked about the crazy Batman, and I meant the guy beating people up, I think 10 people in one hour, breaking arms, ribs, whatever it was. He was just swinging at people. Dude from Jersey, by the way. And crazy, crazy. So... People, because of what's going on in New York City, because it's such a rapidly progressing hellhole, rat hole, that people are like, you know what? There's no way I'm going to sit here and pay these New York City prices. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Whether it's young guys that are roommating in Midtown, they're out of here. Everybody's out of here. People that are making money, people I know in radio are questioning whether they should live in the city so they can be a subway ride away from their studio. That's why I come in from Jersey. It's more affordable. I got clean streets. I can park my car wherever I want. I never get a ticket. Every time I drive into the city, I risk paying 115 bucks for a stupid ticket. Anyway, that's a different story. The story today is AOC, Schumer, Congress, and all of that. Speaking of Congress, we've got this huge election. Huge election coming up in Georgia. Now, why is it so huge, bigger than any other? Well, of course, this is the deciding factor because there's such a super, super slim majority for the Republicans in Congress, these two seats make all the difference. Now, some people are theorizing, all right, the Republicans may win one, the Democrats may win another. That would make it, I think, 50-51 Democrat, which is not good. Or it might make it even, even depending on who is president. And we're going to get to that in the third segment of, you know, what's, what is there to be expected? Because a lot of different theories out there, and honestly, I don't have the right one. 
I don't know the right one. I do know that Ted Cruz was on the great one, Mark Levin show last night, and I was diligently listening and taking notes, and I'll share those with you in the third segment. And in the second segment, we're going to hear from Bruce Lavelle. He's the former Gwinnett County chairman for the Republican Party in Gwinnett County, Georgia. So we're going to check in with him. He's also an advisor to President Trump and the executive director of the National Diversity Coalition for Trump, of which I am an advisor to. So we're going to check in with Bruce in a little bit. But first, I want to talk about what's happening right now in Georgia. This is a front page story of the New York Post. And the story is a piece by the editorial board. Check this out. It's impossible to overstate the stakes in Georgia's runoff election. Where voting finishes up today, Tuesday, Republicans need to win at least one race to keep control of the Senate, blah, 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 because the Democrat Party is careening far to the left. That's a very true statement. Democrats running the Senate as well as the House and potentially the White House would spell disaster for an America struggling to bounce back from the pandemic. It's likely to be close. The final Rear Clear Politics polling average shows Democrats leading Republican incumbents. Although it's narrow, they're in the lead. John Ossoff is beating Purdue, and Raphael Warnock is slightly leading over Senator Kelly Loeffler. Now, what's interesting here is that we all know polls are full of crap, and they're typically wrong. People are going to say, Rich, how could you say that? The polls said Biden was going to win by a ton, and he won by a ton. I say, forget about that. We all know there's a huge backstory to that. They've been guiding a narrative all along. It's like every time I tell you I got a great head of hair. I got a great head of hair. I got the best head of hair in radio. I could tell you that all I want. When you meet me, you're going to be like, holy crap, you don't even have hair. Now, if I throw on a wig, you're going to be like, wow, you really do have a great head of hair. Of course, it's a damn lie. And that's what this election was. It was fake, phony fraud in the words of Bob Grant. Anyway, a Democrat Senate would spell the end of President Trump's tax cuts package, which lowered taxes for most Americans. The southern border obviously might be inundated. Regulations will increase and a job killing Green New Deal becomes a real possibility, not to mention court packing and socialized medicine. Speaker Pelosi saying that she's ready to rock and roll. She wants to scrap the House rules that require new spending to be offset by uh, saving somewhere else. So she's saying, let's know. Let's just keep spending your money. Listen, I'm Nancy Pelosi. I could stick my hand further down your pocket than you can. I will get your money. And we don't have to cut back on anything. That's her philosophy. And of course, like I mentioned before, our favorite, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She is planning on fighting the pandemic, global warming, and being exempt from the pay-as-you-go requirement as well. In effect, A blank check. So the Post article goes on and on and on. I'm not going to get into that. But the the usual doom and gloom of what happens if and when Democrats take over. So my question to all of you, is this one of the most important elections we've seen? You're damn right it is. It's absolutely important. It's critical for Republicans to maintain control. And if you take the position that the New York Post or editorial board takes – They're saying we need this because why? Because it's the only check and balance we'll have in our system of uh, separation of powers in government if we don't have one of the branches being able to check the others. That's the big deal here. So not to mention you got two candidates that are kind of off the wall. 
Now, Ossoff has been trying to distance himself from the progressive wing of the party, but even though he supports raising the federal minimum wage to 15 bucks an hour, statehood for D.C. and for Puerto Rico. Let me just stop right there. First of all, statehood for Puerto Rico, I think, is a stretch. I honestly do. Even though they just voted and the new governor is a Democrat, he's um, not a crazy radical left-wing Democrat, although he is a Biden supporter. The previous, the previous um, governor was someone that endorsed Trump. The current resident commissioner in Congress is a Republican. Uh, I don't believe that this is a slam dunk, that this is going to be solidly blue if Puerto Rico becomes a state, which I do believe Puerto Rico should become a state. And there's a lot of reasons why, if you actually look at the facts and the data and forget these these um, talking points that people are like, the Democrats will take over. That's not necessarily true. However, D.C., D.C.'s never had a Republican. I mean, just look, look in the history. There, there's no Republican anything in D.C. So D.C. makes sense. However, D.C. is protected by the Constitution. So you would need an amendment to the United States Constitution in order to turn D.C. into a state. The whole reason it's not a state is because the Constitution didn't want it to become a state, those that created that, that amendment. So I, I sit here and I think, why, why do we really have serious discussion around this? We can barely have a majority of one party or another because of the way politics go. What makes anybody think we're going to get a two-thirds majority to make D.C. a state? Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're thinking, Rich, you're naive. Look at how McConnell worked with with um, Schumer in order to override the Trump veto on the defense bill. When it comes to their spending, they'll do anything, and the enemy of my enemy becomes my friend. I get that, but I really don't think it's the Senate would bend, and that's who you need to bend. I don't see Ted Cruz getting in bed with that, and I think he, you know, Ted Cruz says, hey, we need a dozen people to challenge this election on the merits, and he gets a dozen people. So I think Cruz is fighting. I think Cruz is solid. And I don't think you can turn D.C. into anything. We're going to check in with Bruce Lavelle. So keep it locked right there. I'm Rich Valdez. You're listening to This is America. This is America. Mr. Call Screener, who is a budding radio star, by the way. Richie Valdez is terrific. Bienvenido, America. Welcome back. It's my pleasure to have my brother, Bruce Lavelle. Bruce Lavelle, that's like level with two L's. He is the chair of the Gwinnett County, Georgia Republicans, former chair, chair emeritus, and... He's also the executive director of the National Diversity Coalition for Trump. My colleague, Bruce Lavelle, welcome to This is America. Hey, Rich. Thanks for having me. My man, Happy thank you. Happy voting for... day in Georgia here. Amen to that, brother. <laughs> Happy voting day. You know, I, uh, I always try to get to you, and you're, you're a very sought-after guy. You're always – I see on TV or on Twitter, on some video somewhere, every time I turn around. So kudos to you for doing a great job for America, a great job for the, for the president. And I, I look at what you're doing, what you're saying, and I realize, you know what, somebody that knows what's going on in Georgia is Bruce Lavelle. So I figured I want to bring you here. I want to get an idea of how do you see today unfolding. The big question I think everybody has is should people be going and voting because they're just going to steal it anyway? What say you? Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me, Rich. Well, I always say go vote. And, you know, you got to remember my history in terms of my dad and uncle's we're part of the, quote, civil rights movement. So in terms of voting, you know, and getting to the polls, you know, I can give you some really uh, interesting stories, you know, from the 50s and 40s as well as 30s here uh, from my dad being from Georgia and the legacy of what, what it entails and how important it is to vote. No matter what goes down or how you feel intimidated or what goes on, you get to that polls. So that's one thing about my background is fighting. That's where that comes from. 
But I will tell you that it is going to be um, an interesting race. But I, but the, the good thing about Georgia is the fact in this runoff is the fact that <clears throat> the president's initiatives were very profound, as you know, uh, Rich. They had the highest black voter turnout since 1960, and before that was Abraham Lincoln. So, and as well as the Latino vote, mm-hmm. and we have a 39 percent plus black population in Georgia. And I say this this part of it because in terms of the opportunity zones that Senator Perdue and Loeffler voted on, you know, 100 percent on the president's initiatives. And I got to give the president the kudos because he he drove the 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 ship to get these folks on board to like, hey, yeah. And he gets credit for that success. But with that success, he needed a, a Senate that was uh, with him on the vision, which was Senator Perdue and Senator Loeffler. So in terms of uh, low black unemployment that is here in Georgia and one of the number one places to do business, one of the fastest upstart in minority business ownership is here in Atlanta and Georgia. So the list goes on. But one thing when I was on Shannon Breen show Fox last night and I actually sent that talker to them was when we had Hurricane Michael, um, that was a catastrophic storm that wiped out parts of Panama City, uh, Mexico Beach, as, as it went all up through South Georgia and then devastated, I mean annihilated, all the crops in southern Georgia mm. and the farmers, especially, Rich, the black farmers, which I made that point last night. So with that being said, you had Senator Perdue from Georgia, Governor Perdue, who is our agriculture secretary, who was a former governor for eight years in Georgia. So we had a tr- we have a tremendous horsepower, you know, thank God, for Georgia with Senator Perdue there, as well as uh, Dave, uh, Sonny Perdue, former governor, who's mm-hmm. our ag uh, culture uh, director, excuse me, secretary, which he's a farmer. <laughs> you know, a lot of people don't know that, you know, and a veterinarian by trade, too. So that that in itself, the people don't forget. They remember how they went in there and, and got funding. It's really quick to help those farmers, save them, especially black farmers. So that's what they're looking at. You know, they're looking at, okay, especially getting back to minority votes, are we better off now than we were in the previous administration? So that's going to be a tough hill for Ossoff and Warnock to climb with neither one of them having any record or any election, nothing. They have nothing except some, honestly, some really good-looking commercials. I'll give them that. And some empty rhetoric. I don't think that's going to be enough to tote the water pail in a, quote, runoff when historically Republicans turn out leaps and bounds. So you're saying get out and vote. We've got more people on the ground. People fought and labored in the civil rights movement. And I always say so many soldiers have died for our right to vote. How dare we say we're not going? Yeah. And, you know, with that being said, it's like right now there's a spirit of uncertainty right now, obviously across the nation, especially the battleground states as it relates to, gosh, did my vote count? Rich, check this out. Mm -hmm. I've known I'm I'm the kind of guy I can, you know, I, I, I like to break bread with all types of folks. You see, my name is tied to diversity. I like to be, you know, I got to have Democrat friends, independent friends, Republican, you know, I got to have them all. I, I never want to cut myself off and isolate and alienate myself where I, where I don't have access. That's not real leadership. I can agree or disagree, respectfully disagree. That's fine. But I have Democrat, long-term Democrat friends. Because remember, I'm a business owner here in Atlanta for 28 years, a lot of relationships, a lot of friends. And they pinged me and text me and they call me and say, hey, Bruce, you know, this is weird. This is the first time in, in my life, I think, or many years that I felt like I went into a poll and I'm questioning, did it really count? So it's not just it's not just Republicans worried. It's actually long-term 
Democrat friends that I have, too, are wondering what's going on with these, quote, electronic devices. So we the people. Now, I've been talking about this from day one about the chain of custody as it relates to, quote, mail-in ballots. I said this from way back that that would be a disaster. I'm a military kid. I understand. My dad was a, a military. We traveled in all over growing up. I truly understand that the, the absentee ballots were really designed for servicemen and women, if you think about it, way back, mm-hmm. or people who were shut in, you know, sick or what have you. And so with the mail-in ballots, with no chain of custodies, Zuckerberg's $400 million plus money that he prioritized uh, these ballot boxes, especially in the battleground states. Watch this, Rich, especially Fulton County. He, that CTS group put $6.3 million mm-hmm. as a grant to Fulton County and prioritize where those box drop boxes were going to be placed. So there's an overwhelming abundance of appearance of impropriety across the country as it relates to our vote. But Democrats are silent. A lot of that I know are saying the same thing. My God, what the heck is going on now? They might not be as bold as some of us Republicans as the president being publicly about it because they know what kind of repercussions they get. But I'm telling you as a former chair and, and and entrenched in Georgia for 33 years and a pulse of this great state, you know, I know that there has some problems in our election process. So, but I've also advocated, do not let that intimidate you to going to the polls, get out there and vote, get out there. You know, we had record number of folks of being poll watchers that we've never had, you know, being civically engaged, you know, uh, paying attention to your local elections. A lot of folks are not really paying attention to that. They just kind of like business as usual. And, and I don't want to get long-winded. I'll give you an example. For example, we had a sheriff's race five years ago, okay? And it was a very contentious race because the previous sheriffs got murdered. And mm. so there was like 12 people um, on that ballot, and yet there's 980,000 residents in, quote, DeKalb County, but yet Richard had less than a 7 to 8% voter turnout. So I I say this to say that in terms of civic and active engagement, in terms of what's your local elections and being involved, joining your local party, volunteer as a poll watcher, volunteer as a poll worker, quote, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to be engaged so you can have eyes, ears and boots on the ground to negate anything that would cause a conflict of interest. Or you can uh, identify and expose something that has a uh, overwhelmingly appearance of impropriety. You know, Bruce, my dad always told me you got to be in it to win it. So I agree with what you're saying. And folks, we're on with Bruce Lavelle, uh, former Gwinnett County chairman of the Republican Party. He's also the executive director of the National Diversity Coalition for Trump. And Bruce, one of the problems that I think you just mentioned with the electoral process in Georgia is the consent decree that was entered upon that many yep. are saying is dubious and unconstitutional, which is my position on it. And it being litigated and going to court with none other than the sibling, the sister of Stacey Abrams. I want you to hear the president's remarks on this, and then I want your reaction. What's with this Stacey Abrams? You know, your governor, your governor and your secretary of state, they're petrified of Stacey Abrams. What's that all about? So, Bruce Lavelle, you're on the ground in Georgia. Uh, Give us the scoop. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. 
explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Well, first of all, respectfully, I don't know why in the world, and this is why Georgia's mad at Secretary of State and the President, of course, obviously, <laughs> you mm-hmm. can see that, is the fact that why would you go into some level of agreement? Now, where we're going with this is that, um, for example, Amistad Group has filed uh, a few uh, lawsuits as it relates to this conversation right here. Mm-hmm. And I I know they're going to get wings. I just wish it was expedited faster, right. you know, obviously. But, you know, how courts are. And the problem is, is that the, the gray area here, well, I say gray and dark per se, is the fact that anything dealing with votes has to come from the people, by the people, for the people, which is the legislation. It did not. It was a, it was more of a administrative agreement, if you might say. Mm-hmm. And that right there in itself is a violation. And so um, I don't understand to this day why in the world the Secretary of State would go into some level of agreement like that when we have – and I say this, Rich, because remember my background coming from the civil rights background is there is every single – available way to get to the polls, Sunday voting, Saturday voting, evening voting, seven-day-a-week voting, early voting, this vote. There are so many tremendous opportunities to get to the polls. You can even get a ride if you request it. You know, mm-hmm. there are so, you know what I'm saying? There's so many ways to get to the polls. So um, in terms of this, this buzzword that Ossoff used, well, we're going to come up with a new voter rights bill. Voter rights what? <laughs> You see what I'm saying? It's it's mm-hmm. it's and so that was the the uh, the the strong arm that Stacey Abrams used. Like, well, there's so many people of color that are disenfranchised or whatever. Like me, excuse me, I'm Black America here in the South, business owner for 28 years. Um, Who's I, holding you down? I don't. Yeah, what's what's the problem? You know, um, and so it, it's it's sad that he went into this agreement because you see what type of uh, uh, mess we're in. But mo- most of all. You see our Secretary of State and that uh, Gabe Sterling guy defending the machines, if you noticed. It's like defending the machines. Now, everyone, especially your listeners out here, I know there's a a lot of IT background people. My wife's an IT engineer, and Rich, she warned me back 18, excuse me, 15 years ago when we were going into this electronic voting. She said, honey, y'all are opening yourselves up for Mm. uh, hacking. She says, she says, my people, the IT world, she's a very, very, very smart IT engineer. She says, for everything we write, we have a back door. Wow. I don't care how many safeguards or firewalls, we always have a back door. She says, always remember that. Matter of fact, the first thing she taught me on the keyboard was the, this key that says delete. She says, honey, there's no such thing as delete. Everything no lives thing. on forever. Exactly. So the point is, electronic voting or compromise. And you saw, Rich, what happened in Canada. The prime minister, he tweeted right after uh, the election. He said, this is why we don't have electronic voting. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's a radical lefty as it is. Yeah. And, and, we're just, and you see how liberal left they are. You know, and you look at some of the other countries in India and other, other countries, They it's paper, strong paper. You go in, fill it out, check that ink that you can't erase out and sign it and and then you count the votes, and if you have another count, you go back and count those again, hard copy. you know. And I tell you, there's a lot of conversation. I just had one this morning. A judge texted me this morning, 
and said, you know, we really need to put together. Everyone's talking about the the dismal part of Dominion and electronic, but let's come up with a proactive solution. So in light of all of this, you're going to see a lot of folks come out and say, look, this is how we'd like to see our election processes, get it to the legislators. And I will tell you, I'm not a fan of electronics. I'm not going to ever support it. I don't want it for that obvious reasons, because knowing how does anything can be downloaded or uploaded or hacked or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so um, that's the only thing I think that's going to really solidify um, our nation back in our electoral and our voting process is to get ironclad paper. Here you are, fingerprint, blood, whatever (laughs) Retinal scan, all of that, right? Bruce Lavelle, do we win tonight? Yeah, we do. And and based on, um, like I said, the president came to town. And I'm going to have to give President Trump the kudos in, the, in, the, in his vision that pushed those initiatives that I said early, earlier on the show about why and how productive that Georgia has been as it relates to his uh, prison reform, step one. You know, um, number two, the opportunity zones where you can do, uh, build your own business and, and these uh, underserved communities, which are predominantly African-American. And like I said, number one, black home ownership here um, in Georgia. Um, fastest uptick in minority business, uh, black farmers rescued out in the Hurricane Michael Center. Purdue. You know, there's so much uh, record, you know, especially with the low black unemployment. Yep. So do you want to turn the keys over to someone that you don't know? And it's the common sense factor is essentially what we've been asking. Right. Forget about all the pomp and circumstances in the sale. The question is, have we gained better in the last four years based on uh, you know, Senator Purdue being in office and Kelly Loeffler the year she's been in, are you better off now than you were before we were here? And if the answer is, is better, then let us, let's keep this momentum going. That's a common sense ask. Yep, 100% right now. And, Bruce Lavelle, and that's one, the one final question uh, with a minute to go. I want to know, what do you expect will unfold tomorrow in Washington, D.C.? Well, I can tell you, I just talked to a, a con- congressional aide at Call Me from Texas. And, of course, I won't say the name, but he – there are a lot of these folks that are holding it close to their chest. But I, I really believe that most will come out and, and vote against the election process and say, listen, there's something terribly, heinously wrong with this, and the president is right. Yeah. And that's why the Bruce Lavelles have been very diligent all the way to the – to right now, to your show, to every day – I've never wavered I ne- because I always felt to all the listeners, remember, President Trump is not just the president of the United States. He represents the new movement, the unveiling of all the pay-to-play and darkness that went on for decades and decades. Mm-hmm. Remember, he never took a dime on, on special interest because he said, if I do, I won't be able to govern accordingly. Y'all remember this now. Mm-hmm. So this is for both sides of the aisle, Republican Democrats that are involved in pay-to-play. This is what's being exposed and unveiled. This is the attack coming against him. That's why I said on the RNC show that night, on the RNC floor, on, on, on Don Lemon's show, and I said, this, is, this presidency will be a living, breathing American a revolution. And I got laughed off the stage. <laughs> and this is what we're going through right now, ladies and gentlemen. Stay strong. This is part of it. This is a great cleansing we're going to go through. It's, it's a little bumpy right now. But there's but remember, the best changes in America in the world is when things are uncomfortable. If things are comfortable, then complacency sets in and we get set up. 
but the best ideas and the best things that come yet best is yet to come as the president said is when things are very uncomfortable all right well you heard it here first folks bruce lavelle up next you're not going to believe what's going to go down tomorrow january 6th in washington dc so keep it locked right there for all of that and more i'm rich valdez you're listening to this is america this is america This is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rick Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. This is America. With your host, Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, on all social media, on Rumble, on Parler, on YouTube, on all of them. I haven't given up on anybody, so don't give up on me. Check me out. Give me a follow. Let's interact at Rich Valdez with an S. And I want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast. We are continuing to grow in the charts, the Apple News politics chart, where uh, we're consistently in the top 200, and I owe that all to you. So thank you. Check us out at richvaldez.com or at wabcradio.com if you want to subscribe or listen to any of the past episodes. I want to talk about what's going down in Washington, D.C. tomorrow. This is of epic proportion. And there was one more clip from the president that I wanted to play for you to set the stage for what we can expect tomorrow. And I'll get into that on the other side of the clip. But I want you to listen to President Trump last night in Dalton, Georgia. Check this out. And I have to tell you that the stakes of this election could not be higher you vote tomorrow. You want to go out tomorrow. People want to go out. They don't want to do the, the ballot thing. They don't want to do it unless it's the other side, in which case they just print them out. They don't want to do it. They want to go and vote. And make sure your vote is counted. Make sure they don't let you say, I'm sorry, somebody else has already voted for you. You vote tomorrow. We'll decide which party controls the United States Senate. The radical Democrats are trying to capture Georgia's Senate seats. So they could wield unchecked, unrestrained, absolute power over every aspect of your lives. If the liberal Democrats take the Senate and the White House, and they're not taking this White House, we're going to fight like hell, I'll tell you right now. We are going to fight like hell. And the president's 100 percent right. We have to fight like hell. That's why people are down in Georgia. And that's why right now everybody you've seen people show up in Moss in Georgia for support. But what you're going to see is tomorrow. I'm hearing that there's reports of hundreds of thousands of people already in D.C. getting ready. They've been there for days getting ready for tomorrow. The greatest of all Trump rallies because it's the showdown in the United States Congress. Now, every legal theorist out there has a story. Some are saying, oh, no, 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 you can't listen to the Constitution because we've got a statute called the Electoral Count Act. Then you've got others, those that favor the Constitution like me, which, if you read the Constitution, should always be the most supreme set of rules that we follow, right? But all that being said, you've got constitutionalists saying, listen, the Constitution has to be followed. You have the critics saying you have other statutes that have to be followed. Pence can't do the counting because he's on the ballot with Trump. It's a conflict of interest. However, now, if I sold you that, you might go, yeah, you know what? That makes sense. And then if I told you, did you know every single vice president has done that while they were on the ticket, including, was it Jefferson, who gave himself the win? He was vice president running for president, gave himself the win, voted himself in as president. That really happened. This is America. So you're going to tell me that that can't happen. Now, yes, 
I did a show on the Mark Levin Show, as a matter of fact. Uh, sometime last month, you can Google, just put my name in the MarkLevinShow.com website if you want to listen to it. I thought it was a really good show where we talked about what happened in the election of 1876, which Ted Cruz has been talking about for the last couple of days. And I explained it, and I put this article and some research that I'd done, and I think it was really, really spot on because it talked about people being really, really exas- uh, feeling exasperated and tensions being exacerbated, and it was a tough time, a very tough time for America. And they had this electoral commission that ultimately negotiated the win for the Republican to be the 19th president of the United States after the media had already called it for the Democrat, Samuel Tilden. This is that Tilden versus Hayes, Rutherford B. Hayes. And I encourage you to listen to it because one of the callers that called into the Mark Levin show the night that I was hosting it was the granddaughter of Rutherford B. Hayes, the great granddaughter. And she's a sitting council person in California. So if you have a chance, check it out. But I learn a lot from the Mark Levin show, from Mark Levin in general, you know, being in the studio uh, to produce the show with Mr. Producer Mark Levin every day is, is a real, I count it as a blessing because you get the scoop firsthand. And last night, Mark made some interesting comments, and I'm not going to rehash his show because uh, one of my goals in life is to not be a backbencher, right? But he mentioned that the Constitution is being systemically targeted and attacked and that they're circumventing Article 2, Section 2. And by they, I mean the these radical Democrats that are trying to use the Constitution to destroy the Constitution, to destroy how we actually elect our president. And the argument comes into what happens with the wording. It says shall, that these votes shall be counted. And it's understood that the votes counted must be obtained constitutionally. And this is the argument Levin makes. It doesn't mean that shall means that Congress is compelled to count votes that were cast extra constitutionally. So that is a key point. And another key point that's brought to attention is how much authority does the vice president have? And again, the people that are, you know, pro-Constitution say, well, if the Constitution doesn't explicitly limit it, then that power rests with the vice president. So there's a piece in the Epic Times that I encourage you to read, but I'm just going to read a little bit of it to you because I think it makes an excellent uh, portrayal of how much power the vice president has. And yesterday, Vice President Pence, he addressed people saying that Republicans will have their day in Congress. Quote from the president, Vice President Pence, I know we all got our doubts about this election. I promise you, come this Wednesday, we'll have our day in Congress. We'll hear the objections. We'll hear the evidence. But tomorrow is George's day. And that was uh, Vice President Mike Pence speaking to a crowd of people in Georgia on January 5th. Now, Pence's role in the upcoming joint session was brought into a different light last week after Rep. Louis Gohmert filed a lawsuit asking that the court strike down a provision of a law known as the 1887 Electoral Count Act, which requires them to avoid the 12th Amendment and to do things a certain way with vote counting when it comes to this. Now, this is the part that's in question. I think constitutionalists feel that there is there is no need for an Electoral Count Act, that it in and of itself is unconstitutional because it circumvents or contravenes what's spelled out in the 12th Amendment of the Constitution, which I also encourage you to read. So about a dozen senators and, of course, uh, I think it's 140 House Republicans have pledged to object to key states' electoral votes 
because of fraud irregularities and all the other stuff. So the key is, will Vice President Pence reject the electoral votes? Or will he accept both, causing a conflict and causing the debate to go into that uh, session because of these objections and challenges? I don't know. I think he's probably, you know, again, playing politics with people. It's easier and cleaner and safer for him to say, you guys figure it out. The Constitution says that the legislatures are in charge of choosing, you know, the time, place, and manner of how electors are chosen. So when you get two envelopes and you choose A or B, you look at them and you go, which one of these was chosen by the Georgia legislature? Which one of these was chosen by the Pennsylvania legislature? And going to the legislature and saying, which one did you choose? The legislatures are already on record with letters signed saying these are our slate of electors. The dueling slates have to do with the governors and secretary of states coming into the fold saying, oh, no, no, these are the ones that we're certifying based on the results that we don't think are challenged. So if President, Vice President Pence says it goes to the legislatures, I think Trump is in an excellent position to move forward. Let's uh, see what happens until then. I'll be with you again tomorrow. So just keep it locked right there. Get me at Rich Valdez on every social media. Hasta mañana and hasta la próxima. And I always say we have to stand for something because if we stand for nothing, we'll fall for anything. That's Hamilton. And, of course, Sir Edmund Burke and Lord Acton and so many others who said the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to do nothing. So Georgia needs to stand up and do something. Good people like you all across America are coming to Washington, D.C., January 6th, so that evil will not triumph. We have to fight like we've never fought before. I'm Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade.